Good evening. Lots of words. Um, it's actually fairly halachic, uh, even though it appears to be quite agadic. There's both, but uh, we're going to dig in. We're at the very last words on Chavhei Amud Beis Tanu Rabbanon. The rabbis teach us in a brisa as follows: Top of Chavav and Medalev. Ve'elu Kiroin She'en Misachin. The following uh, kriyas that are done for Avelus, they're Ein Misachin. They can never be fully fixed. We discussed the distinction between a partial fix, which is called Sholel Sholelin, um, and, and that would be as opposed to a fix called Misachin, where it is uh, back to normal. So remember, of course, that we have plenty of pairs of clothes. Uh, someone just last week told me they tore their shirt and they were either going to throw it out or fix it. But uh, I'm like, but you can't wear it. You get, it doesn't look nice, right? We wouldn't do that. If like, let's say the elbow of our shirts would tear, okay, it's time, just throw it out. Like, but back in the day, they're clearly, they didn't have enough money. So there's a difference between being sholel, which is a temporary fix, and being misachin, which is a permanent fix. So this is what the Gemara is discussing, is about which cases do we not allow for misachin. We've learned about this already, the Kriya that one does over a parent that can never be fixed. On the rabbi, the rabbi who taught that person Torah, and on those two significant roles in the community. On terrible uh, things that are heard about uh, that happened to Jews. Of course, speaking Derech Sagi Nahor about Birkas Hashem, when one Rachman al-Islan curses Hashem, the Al Sefer Torah Shin Israf, if God forbid a Sefer Torah is burned or destroyed, the Al Are Yehuda, the Al Hamikdash, the Al Yushalaim, and of course on the hills of Yehuda, on the city of Yehuda, on, on the Mikdash and on Yushalaim, <coughs> famous halachos and quoted in Shulchanar Tafk of Samech, <coughs> that when one <coughs> goes to Yushalaim, they should tear a Korea. So people try to do this whole chapa that if I'm, I'm going to borrow your shirt, we'll discuss that a little bit today. Really, that's not appropriate. You're supposed to tear a Korea. That's a did. You can choose what shirt you tear. You don't have to bring your expensive shirt, but you should tear a Korea. When you go to Yerushalayim, it's every 30 days. And the Brisa concludes, the Korea al-Mikdash, umosif al-Yerushalayim, that one can tear on the Mikdash, and then they can do an additional tear, meaning not a separate tear, for seeing the city of Yerushalayim. There's a little bit of a logistical difficulty. How do you first see the Mikdash without seeing Yerushalayim? <laughs> a little bit of a funny story. I don't know. Maybe you're living underground or your apartment is there and you don't helicopter tours. <laughs> the example I heard in a shear was uh, you're in a car that you can't see out the windows and they drive up to the coast of Mamish. And okay, there's scenarios, but, uh, but on its face, it's a difficult scenario to consider. All right, let's dig in. Says the Gemara trying to explain the price. So seven, eight lines down. How do we know that we are not allowed to fix the tears, the Kriya that's done over these people on a mother, father, and on a Rebbe? Says the Gemara, he saw, what did he see? He saw that Eliyahu Anavi was going up to Shemaim. My father, my father. And how do we understand this Pasuk? is a reference to a mother and a father that we're not allowed to fix the the Kriya that we that we tore on their passings. <clears throat> and how do we understand from the Pasuk that that this Pasuk has any reference to a Rebbe? It doesn't say anything about that. It says the Gemara, interestingly, it's not even on the words which is what it seems. The whole Pasuk is understood as follows. As follows. Rebbe, Rebbe, that's how the Targum understands Avi, Avi. It was good for the Jews what he did, what Eliyahu did with his prayers, more than more than horses and chariots. That always should be our hashkafa and tefillah. It shouldn't be unique to, Eli- unique to Eliyahu and Navi. It's just a lofty level. We always have this misnomer that our hishtadlus is what matters. 
you have to do Ishtablis, but that's not the Goreim, that's not Midah, connected Midah, that's not how it works. What a Kodesh Baruch Hu is Gozer, that's what happens. If a Kodesh Baruch Hu is Gozer, that a person is going to make $50,000 this year, that's what's going to happen one way or the other, by loss, by gain, it doesn't matter. All the numbers will even out. How do we know that when it comes to a father, to a mother, and to a Rebbe, that we cannot heal these uh, terrors? Says the Gemara, We saw this already. Why does the Pasuk say that it's two? When you tear something, it becomes into two. It says the Gemara, because that's extraneous, therefore, it has to stay torn forever. Because of the extra word, we don't really need it. We're adding the extra word, to show us that it has to be like that forever. Just a question on the story. He wasn't dead in that story. Uh, he went up to Shammai. Again, we don't, uh, this is already above our pay grade, but he went up to Shammai, but he wasn't dead. So Amar Le, no, that's uh, not really a good question. Um, that was the last time that he saw him. So let's say, I'm just jumping off the page. Let's say you know that you're never going to see someone again. You tear create that moment. That's implied from the Gemara, that he knew that he wasn't going to see Eliyahu again, and he tore Kriya. So the Gemara doesn't say this, and I didn't look into any of the Rishonim here, but it's an interesting question to make a diuk from. It's not even a diuk. It's what seems to be the case. That's what the Gemara says. The Because he knew he would never see him again. Let's go back to the Brisa and analyze. How do we know that a Nasi and an Abbezin, if they die, or if there are Shmuos Rose, that we hear terrible things that happen, how do we know, Minalan, that we are obligated to, uh, to tear Kriya? David grabbed, uh, grabbed onto his clothes and he tore them, so did everyone around him. They uh, gave Hespadim, they gave eulogies, and they cried. And they fasted until night. Al Shaul, Al Yehonasan, Beno, and Shaul, and his son Yehonasan, Al Am Hashem, Shaul, let's make some diukin from the Pasuk. Shaul is a Nasi. A Nasi is similar to a Melech, and Shaul is a Melech. Yehonasan is a He was a big Tamil Chacham, so we're equating him to an Abbezin, first of the very long lines. These are the bad things that happen. Amar le Rav. Maybe we would say that the only time we have a scenario where you're not allowed to fix the kera is where you're tearing over all three of them simultaneously, not each individually, not the nasi or the abbezin or shmosros, but all of them together. Says the Gemara, no, the pasuk doesn't say that way. The pasuk says, "Amar al al hifsi ka'inian." The word al, if you look back up two three lines, what does the pasuk say? Al yehona. It says al shaul the al yehona san beno the al am hashem al beis yisrael. So we see from here that the Am Hashem, all the words were separated with the word Al, thereby indicating that the operator that goes between each of these phrases is not Nasi and Avbezdin and, and Bad Shmos, but it's Or. It's any of them. Any one of them will generate a scenario where one would not be allowed to fix the Kriya that they've done. We're two lines into the wide lines on Chavav Mdalef, halfway down. Not halfway in words, that's for sure, but halfway in height. Says the Gemara, Is it in fact correct that we tear Kriya for bad things that we hear? The story was told to Shmuel. Shvor Malka was one of the kings of, uh, of Persia, and he killed Tresar Alpha Yehudai in the city of Bimzigas Kesari. 12,000 Jews were killed in the city. It was just an astronomical numbers. It says the Gemara, and he didn't tear Kriya. So you wanted to tell me in the Bryce at the top of the page that our Shmuel's rose, we tear Korea, but Shmuel didn't tear Korea. 
So says the Gemara, Lo amru The only time that the Kriya is torn is when it's rov tzibor the story with David and Yehonasan and all the people that were killed. The Ritva here and other Rishonim have a very hard time with this Gemara because that implies that rov of the tzibor was killed at that time, which isn't historically accurate. So the Gemara says, were we talking about one Shevet? Were we talking about rov of the people were present or alive during the time when one Shevet was killed or half of a Shevet? It's definitely not half of Claudius from that would have had much more uh, real estate. We would have had more clarity with that. So here, when it says Berov Tzibor, it doesn't actually mean that rove of all of the Tzibor was, but maybe a rove of a smaller grouping of a Shevet or whatever it may be. The Ramban's approach here is, a, um, is the approach that there were just a lot of Jews around. Rove of the Jews saw what happened. Again, just various approaches, but certainly not 51%. The Gemara questions the story. The Gemara just said that uh, Shvor, Shvor Malka killed 12,000 people. The Gemara says four lines into the wide lines. Did he actually kill Jews? Uh, Shvor Malka said to Shmuel, I should be rewarded. He, he, he said it as an accolade of himself that he never killed a Jew. So we, what's with the story that he killed 12,000 Jews? Says the Gemara, they, the Jews at that time, the 12,000, they brought it upon themselves. With the sound of the harps, that the sounds that happened in the city of Mzigas Kesari, that led to the breaking down of the walls of Dulutkia. <coughs> <laughs> they were playing music as they were rebelling against the king. And because they were doing that, that therefore led to their death, their, their demise, because they were being uh, disrespectful, as it were, during their rebellion. How do we know that if one curses a Kodesh Baruch Hu, that we cannot tear uh, that, we cannot re-tear that Kriya? Sorry, I should say, let me ask that question, that they're obligated in Kriya. What? Well, that's correct, but that's not even what the Gemara is asking about. How do we know that we're chayv and kriya is what the Gemara is asking. Albirkas, I said the whole the whole thing was wrong twice over. You're correct. So Albirkas Hashem inolan six lines into the wide lines. How do we know that with with birkas Hashem with cursing Hashem there's a chiv kriya? The pasuk says vayavu el yakim ben chilkiya asher al habayis v'shavna hasofer v'yoach ben asaf hamaskel chizkiya kruvibigadim. A scenario of Birkas Hashem happened before, and they showed up with Kruvibigadim that they were torn clothes. So we see from here that one's obligated to tear Kriya if there's Birkas Hashem. What are the parameters of this? Not so simple. Birkas Hashem, a lot of people are blasphemous. We hear things all the time. On the news and on TV, we hear it all the time. You hear people saying it in shul sometimes. You hear crazy things when people say crazy things. A Rebbe called me the last week to tell me that they had a Talmud who said something very dramatic that they hate Yiddish guys. Is that blasphemy? It's not blasphemy. The, the Talmud's a kid. That's, that's not blasphemy. They don't. They're not a chacham enough to know what blasphemy is. You can't be a blasphemer if you're if you're not ma'aretz. You have to be a something before you can say that the Torah is a nothing. You can't uh, you can't just say that. Oh, I don't like it. Cool. What do you know? You're you're total ma'aretz. Good. So that's what the pasuk says. Where uh, the Gemara says uh, six, seven, eight lines into the wide lines. If you hear it directly, that's what we were discussing about Shmuel's Rose. Not only that, or if you heard it from the messenger. So then, under those circumstances, that's one derivative out, right? So it's one degree of separation. You're still obligated to tear Kriya on Shmuel's Rose. But the people, uh, you know, it's like the, the horse rider who's walking around and saying, terrible things have happened, terrible things have happened. They don't have to tear Kriya every time they say it. They don't have to tear because they already heard it and every time they're the ones saying it they're not hearing it they already heard it their hearing is over 
So it says the Gemara, hold on one second. Who cares? They're repeating it again. They're hearing it again. It says the Gemara, that's not the Pshat in the Pasuk. After all, only the king or, uh, did the Kriya when he heard what the Avadim said, but they did not do the Kriya. So the Pshat in the Pasuk is not that way. How do we know that when it comes to these shmuos that uh, we're not allowed to repair them? We have a pasuk of kriya over here. We have the pasuk of kriya that we learned at the top of the page of Xerah Shavah. Sefer Torah and Israf Midol. And how do we know the halachos of a Sefer Torah that Rachman al-Islan is burned? We don't know what that means. Uh, Dalsos in this context means psukim. Three psukim or three chapters and four. We'll discuss this in a minute what the Gemara means. By Kareha Besar, it was cut out with a razor, hasofer, from a sofer. It was put in the fire. So what does this mean? What's shot in the Pasuk? Remember, we're trying to figure out how do we know that there are halachos of Kriya when a Sefer Torah is Nisra. Says the Gemara, two-thirds of the way down, what does it mean when it says that there are three chapters or four? Amrulola Yehoyakim. Cost uh, of Yirmiya, Sefer Kinos. They told Yehoyakim, uh, this was before the Churban, that uh, parts of Echa were already written. Sefer Kinos, three out of four. Shalosh, Dalsos, Arba. So that we showed him here, right? We're talking about Echa, Perak, Aleph, Bezin, Dalit. Those three prakim were written pre Churban. Okay, that's uh, an important piece here. Omar, Yehoyakim said, Omar Lahu, he said to the people, Maxib Be, what did Yirmiyahu write in this uh, book that he wrote in Echa? <laughs> <laughs> says the Gemara, Echa Yerushalayim is going to be uh, all lonesome. I'm the king right now. What are you worried about? It's not going to be like that. I'm going to take care of you. So Amar Le, and then they said, well, it also says, that they're going to be crying in the night, destruction of Yerushalayim. Anamalka, he says, what well, guys, I'm in charge. I got your back. Everything is good, said Yehoyakim. Gaza Yehudim Oni, the Yehuda, the Judeans are going to be exiled. Anamalka, don't worry. There's going to be mourning in Sion. Anamalka, don't worry. There's going to be a king in your place who's not Jewish. Oh, that one got under the skin. Because they said to Yehoyakim, you're not going to be the king forever. There's going to be a goy who overtakes Yerushalayim. So Amar Luhu, Man Amr, who says this? So you see, the, the, the people who were his messengers said back, it's from a Pasuk, that Yerushalayim is going to be punished based on the uh, on the rebelliousness of the people who are the inhabitants of Yerushalayim. Miyad immediately, Kadar Kolas Karos Sheba, he cut out. He cut out all of the references of Hashem from Echa. He cut them out and he threw them into fire. The people were not afraid and they didn't tear their clothes. What does that imply? That when you tear Hashem's name out of a book, you do need to tear Korea. Now, a Sefer Torah is really not identical to this case. And the Mephor should pick up on this, but it's close enough that we say that there is a din. It's, first of all, it's Echa. And you can't really learn a perfect match from something that's rabbinic in nature. Hafalpi that it's divine, but Nach is Nach and Torah is Torah. There's just not the same thing. So even though they were written with divinity, this is one of the sharp contrasts of uh, the New Testament, Kaviyachal, Kaviyachal, a billion times over to the, uh, to the Old Testament. So we believe in the 24 books of the canon. We say the first five are Moshe. And from book number six, which is Yoshua up to Divrei those are an extra 19 books. All of them are included in the canon and divine. But if you look in the literature about the New Testament, even the authors of the New Testament will tell you, it will tell you that it was written for the sake of, uh, for people to hear, for people to be inspired. Chumash is not written that way. Chumash is written, this is, uh, these are, these are Xeris Minashamayim. We keep them because the Kodesh Baruch Hu told us to keep them. Bye.
That's neither here or there for now. But that's what the Gemara says. Michlal de Bol Mikram. We're halfway through the very wide lines. Maybe we should say that this is talking about Shmuos Rose because what did the Psukim say? And all the other terrible things that Echa said. Maybe they weren't Terry Korea because he, he cut out Hashem's name from the Psukim. Maybe he was doing it because at the end of the day, look at these terrible things that he was, that Echa said was going to happen that Yahu wrote about. He was basically writing Kinos before, not basically, he wrote the, he wrote Echa before, before the Churban happened. So we're talking about all the Shmuelos Rose. So say that it's because of the Shmuelos Rose that we have to tear Kriya. It's not because of that. Says You can't say that because it was a prophecy. It was prophetic, but it hadn't happened yet. It still hadn't happened. It was a Nevoa. So you can't say it's Shmuelos Rose on the future. So we're tearing Kriya. Now it hasn't happened yet. So therefore, the Gemara says we don't tear Korea because of that. It has to be from the fact that he cut out the Pesukim. If a person, Rahman al-Islam, sees a Sefer Torah tear, one is obligated to tear two Krios. One is on the parchment, and one is on the lettering. Uh, of course, this doesn't apply if it tears on a seam, but if, if God forbid, like it's hard to imagine. I've never seen it. Have never seen a Sefer Torah tear? I've never seen one. So thank God the parchment that we have is really pretty thick. Whatever the measurements are, I don't know, but it's pretty thick. And uh, if it were to tear and not and not tear on a seam, so then in theory, one would have to tear two kriyas, according to this Gemara. I, I presume this is, let me see if this quote on Shabbos. What? You can't tear on Shabbos. Hmm? You can't tear kriya on Shabbos. Not even for a parent. We don't do burial. That's not, even if the death happened at that time. Doesn't matter. You can't do anything. Oh right, right, right. It has to go into the letters. Yeah, it has to make a sefer Torah puzzle in that way. It has to go all the way up until. I presume I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, my my rule still stands. I'm no posing. What? Does that mean you have to tear two shirts, or you just tear the one shirt twice as big? We'll learn that a little bit later. But the probably the way that it is is one tefach and then another mashu. Just a small amount. It's probably that's how the Gemara Paskins when we have multiple cases. We'll see shortly. Fine. So it says the Gemara, <coughs> you have to tear two. Okay. Shina Emar is the Pasuk says, when he burned the Megillah, and then later he burned the scroll and the word. So we see uh, the Pasuk itself separates these things. Um, this Pasuk is speaking about from Yirmiyahu as well. Fine. Next. Rabbi Abba, story time. Rabbi Abba, Rav Huna, Barchia Havu Yasve. They were sitting and talking and learning. And Kame de Rabbi, come, it's supposed to be come, Rabbi Abba, and Boy Lafnuye. Rabbi Abba got up, he had to go Lafnuye, he had to go to the bathroom. So Allah Halamai says, Shakle Latotafte, he took off his tefillin, and Achse Be Sadja, Abe Sadja, and he put it down on a pillow. This is a Shailan postkin, whether or not your Abba, my son just asked me this question, my Bar Mitzvah son, Alicia. He said to me, I have to go to the bathroom. Should I make another bracha on my tefillin? So the standard answer is yes. He's like, oh, but Abba, I learned that there's a hakira, that if the person is just going to be urinating, then there's no need to make a new bracha. Because maybe Ladina, especially in our bathrooms, which are not real bathrooms from the times of the Gemara, the Besakise Shel Parsim, ours are much cleaner. They don't smell good after a while. But uh, still, there's no... I mean, assuming people do their responsibilities and flush the toilet, okay, then there's nothing, should be nothing there. So the postgum say that when it comes to someone who just urinates, since technically speaking, you could have worn your tefillin into the bathroom, you didn't, else covered, but, uh, but you could have. So some postgum say that you're not obligated to make a new bracha on tefillin if you go to the bathroom. Anyways, the Gemara is not dealing with this issue, but it's an important halacha to discuss. So, shakle uh, letotafti, put it on a base sajah. Asya bas na'amisa. 
this happens all the time. An ostrich was walking down the street and Baal and the, the ostrich was hungry. What does he know? He sees a, what looks like a piece of leather and maybe he smelled it. He wanted to swallow it. Omar, it didn't end up happening. They stopped it from happening. But Hashta, had it been the case, I would have had to tear two Krios, an extension of the din that we just saw, that you it's parchment and it's letters. So there's a reason to say that you're chayv to tear Kriya twice. Omar, where did you get that from? After all, he says, that's not how I learned. Died a similar story. They asked this child to Rav Masa, there was an animal that was going to eat my tefillin as to whether or not I had to tear two Krios. So I asked Rav Masa, he didn't know the answer. Yehuda. Then we went in front of Rabbi Yehuda and asked him the Shaila. It's only true when someone is doing something with your tefillin, like in a bizayon type of way with a strong hand. Let's say someone says, that guy is, that guy is a Jew. A burning is film. Then you have to be chayev shtei kriyos. But if the way it's happening is because of an ostrich or because of, a, of an ones, it just fell in the water. It happened to my brother, Avi, all of a shot of his tefillin, was in a waterproof bag, a pack, bag when he was in Eretz Yisrael for his year. So everyone in Hakotel, this is pre-Tiv days, a long time ago. So he was walking through the water and it wasn't as airtight and his tefillin got ruined, Taka. So there, you're not chayav to tear shtei kriyos. That's not the case. It's only when it's done with a lahachis, when someone is out to get you, bizroah. That would have been the case with Yeho Yakim. But otherwise, that's not the case. Says the Gemara, How do we know that one is obligated to tear kriya when it comes to Are Yehuda, which is quoted in Shulchan Aruch? So says the Gemara, People left Shem, Shiloh, and Shomron to come to Jerusalem. They didn't even know that the base of Mekdash had been destroyed yet. Shmonim Ish, uh, and they straightened their beards. And then all of a sudden, I saw what was going on. And then they saw the base of Mekdash was destroyed. They tore their clothes and they had cuts in their flesh. They were planning on bringing a korban. They didn't even know the base of Mikdash was destroyed. They walked out. That's how they found out the base of Mikdash was destroyed. They walked up. They saw the flames. So that's how we know that they tore their clothes. So therefore, one is obligated to tear Kriya. A person sees the, the mountains of Yehuda uh, without the base of Mikdash being built, so then they should say this passage, These holy cities have become a desert. And then they should tear. These psukim, I believe almost all of them, if not all of them, are quoted in Shulchan Aruch. If a person sees Yerushalayim, in its destructed state, Omer Tzion Midbar Hayasa, that uh, Tzion is now a, a, a desert, Yerushalayim Shemama, Yerushalayim is, is desolate, the Korea, then he should tear. What about Beis HaMikdash Bechorbano? Omer Beis Kotshenu Vesifartenu Asher Hilalucha Avosenu Hoyel Esreifas Eish, it has become a pile of rubble, it's been burnt down to the ground. And all of the things that we uh, that we loved, all the things that we appreciated, Hoyel Echerova, they have all been destroyed, and then the Korea. Now let's get back into some of the actual dinim. This was a little agarta and some, some halachic background gemaras. Korea al-Mikdash umosif al-Yushalayim. We said at the b'raise that we started with at the top of the page of this amun. It's a long amun. So the b'raise said that you can uh, tear for the Mikdash and then add to the kera, add to the uh, to the tear al-Yushalayim. 
Says the Gemara, that's not so simple. Or Minu, we have a Brisa that says you're not allowed to have one tear adding to the other when it comes to the base of Mikdash. Why not? Or Minu, the Brisa writes, Echad Echad If one hears about Yerushalayim or if one sees, came and Sheigiel at Sofim. Once they get to Sofim, they have to tear. Korea. The Korea al Mikdash Bifne Atzma Val Yerushalayim Bifne Atzma. The Gemara says explicitly in a Brisa that the Mikdash gets its own tear and Yerushalayim gets its own tear. So don't say that you're allowed to do one and make a, a, a little additional little tear. That's not right. The Brisa doesn't agree. So we have a, a conflict in Brisa's. The Gemara says, Lokash, depends. If you see the Mikdash first, then you tear for one and then the other. And if you see Yerushalayim first, and then you tear one, uh, and then you can add to the Kara. Tanu Rabban, the rabbis have taught us, Vichulan. In all of these cases where we say, that one is not allowed to do a perfect stitching job to bring things back to normal. You can do a light type of stitching. Molalan is where you take the fabric and instead of connecting the fabric like this, you kind of roll the fabric and there's like a little bump and you stitch through the fabric like side by side. It's you've kind of folded it up like this. And then while it's up, you can, you stitch through the fabric. So that's called molalan. Um, and then ulaloktan. Ulaloktan is when you take all the fabric and you put one stitch through all of the loose parts. It can't, that doesn't always work. Depends on the tear. <coughs> to make them like ladders where the stitching is on the front, you have uh, a showing a showing lateral stitch, and then the under one is the angle up, and then another lateral stitch, uh, and it looks like a ladder when you're done. It's like shoelaces. Sometimes when you get the shoelaces out of the box, they do that really funky lacing that nobody really knows what to do with them when they come out of the box. Most people don't wear their shoes like that, but it looks like a ladder. So that's what the stitching looks like. In all of these cases, says the Gemara, you're not allowed to be uh, uh, you're not allowed to be misachin. You're not allowed to make perfect stitching, but you can do these temporary types of stitching, no problem. But you can't do permanent stitching. Amar Rebchizda says top of base. We're going to be going until about until the two dots five lines from the bottom. The Gemara says only uveichui alexandri. The only type of ichui that we're not allowed to do is ichui alexandri. What's ichui alexandri? So it says the Gemara and to, it says the Balei Tosvos, the top Tosvos, Uvichui Alexandri, Birushalmi, Ezu Ichui, Kol She'ein Mekomo Nikar. Wow, you need to be a real talent. You can tear your clothes and restitch it so that it's unnoticeable. Wow, that is that's a very very high standard. It also means that we can do whatever the heck we want with our. It doesn't matter. There's no way you're going to get it to look like it did originally. It's not even possible. And that's one. The only thing I can think of is if you tear something that's made out of yarn and you have the same exact yarn thread, you could probably get away with it. But our threads are so small. I mean, you, it's not just you have to be a bucky. It's it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. But the Tosfos has a second sheet too. No. It's enough that you'd be able to say, I'm willing to wear it. So let's assume that's what Koltzarchal means. That may require some postgame and beforeship. But uh, the point is that when the Gemara says, what we're saying is that the standard of of the permanent stitching is one that is really, really high level. Okay, on top of the page. Let's say that you did one of these temporary stitches. Ha-Korea, if one had an obligation to do Korea, and they did so against a, a fabric that already had these poorly sewn uh, stitches, any of these four types of temporary low-level stitching, if you tore Korea on those, why low Yatsa? Because they don't even count in the first place. We said that, that you're, you're not allowed to do a permanent stitching. You can do these. These aren't stitches. They're not halachic stitches. So if you tear on that, that's not Korea. You have to tear on a better piece of fabric. 
but had it been permanent stitching, then yata, then you would be yote. And on this, the Gemara qualifies as it did before with the same Amora, three, four lines down. So says the Gemara, another application of these halachos of So the way that their clothing was made is that they were basically tubes and they'd wear a belt and they would do something at the top to make it stay on their shoulders, but they were reversible uh, top to bottom where you'd wear your head over here, it can also be worn upside down. So says the Gemara, according to the Tanakama of this b'risa, Rishoy, it's permissible to take the top where you tore the Kriyas, flip it to the bottom, so now that's the lower hem, and then those you can be la'achoso, uh, those you are allowed to stitch perfectly. Reb Shimon ben Elazar disagrees, Asr la'achoso. Another, another din in this b'risa, just like if a person is selling their own clothing to, other, to another person, so let's say a person sat shiva, they have a garment, a very expensive, nice garment. And when they stitch it up, it's perfectly beautiful, usable. They can make a couple hundred bucks. You're not allowed to do that. So even if you buy it, it's permanent. You know, sometimes people say like, oh, I got this wonderful insurance with my car. It comes with the car. So this comes with the, with the beged. Whoever owns the beged, as many sales as it takes, that beged can never be fully permanently fixed. That is the shita of Reb Shimon ben Elazar. Therefore, you have to put a sign up in uh, the goodwill section of the store saying these have been torn for the death of a parent. You're not allowed to tie them up. You're not allowed to stitch them up. The initial kriya has to be a tefach. And if you're going to add to that kriya and do an additional kriya at that spot, it needs to be another three finger breaths. Says the Gemara, not everybody agrees. It's a smaller shear. Rabbi Huda says the initial kriya has to be three etzbos. And we have to add, if we're going to add, then any extra kriya can be even a koldahu, even a little bit. And Ula says we take a little bit from Rabbi Meir and a little bit from Rabbi Huda. Amar Ula, 12 lines down, Chavav Amibes. Amar Ula, Halacha Kireb Meir B'Kriya. Halacha is like Reb Meir with Kriya, that the Tchila, that the first tear has to be at least a Tefach. Halacha Kireb Yehuda B'Tosefes. And Halacha is like Reb Yehuda when we do a second Kriya on that spot, which is that we have to add at a minimum a Kol Shehu. That's it. But nothing else. We don't have to do three finger breaths. And in fact, a later Brysa Paskin like this, Tanya Nami Hachi, the Brysa writes, Reb Yossi Omer, Tchilas Kriya Tefach B'Tosefes Kol Shehu. Well, beautiful. So that's uh, seemingly how the Gemara concludes. Fine. The following Gemara is when people have uh, Nebuch, they have stacked Avelus as one on top of the other. They just did a Kriya for one person, and now they have to do a Kriya for another. Or Rachmona Litzlan, Hashem should bench us and keep us safe, that if, if collections of people of a family pass away at the same time, what happens? So let's see. So the Gemara says about a third of the way down, quarter of the way down, Tanu Rabban, Amru Lomais Avi Vikara. They tell a person that uh, his father has passed away, and then he tears Kriya. Okay, and then Nebuch Mes Beno, then his child passes away, Vahosif, and he adds on to that Kriya. So each part of the Kriya is a little bit different. Tachton Misache, the lower part of the Kriya, which was torn on his son, that Misache, you're allowed to stitch back to per- perfection because it's a child and not a parent. Elyon, but the first section where you began the Kriya, which was for a parent, Eno Misache. What about the reverse? Mes Beno Vikara. First, he hears that his son passed away, so he tore Kriya. And then um, his father, Nebuch, passed away, and he added to the Kriya. So then Elyon Misacha, the upper part can be torn, can be fixed perfectly. And Tachton Enu Misacha, but the lower part, which again, the rules apply. It's very strange. The Gemara adds both of these. It should just be obvious. One should be implicit. 
What about the following awful scenario? Mes Aviv, Mesa Imo, Mes Achiv, Mesa Achoso. Four people die father, mother, brother, and sister. Korea Kera Echad Lakulan. The Tanakama holds that one Korea covers everybody. It's not the way we would probably paskin. Kulan. <coughs> Kara echad with everyone other than the parents, they get one kriya. I love you. Ve'imo kara echad, they get their own kara. Why? al kara Unlike the previous cases where the deaths were sequential, and therefore when there was first a death for a parent and then subsequently a death of another person in the family, fine. There you can have one tear going into another, but. When you're doing one kriya to represent multiple people, you cannot have a tosefes. You cannot have an intention of tosefes when one of those people who died is a parent. My taima, Amar of Nachman, Bar Yitzchak, Lefisha'enan, Vitosefes, parents are not are not even involved in this sugya, they're on, a, on the next level. Amar Shmuel, Halacha, Kribihuda, Ben Besera. We paskin like Kribihuda, Ben Besera, that we have to do two kriyos. Says the Gemara, how can Shmuel say that? We've heard Shmuel kicking and screaming throughout the Masech about, about the fact that we have to follow Divraham Mekel Ba'avil. So why are you saying you have to do two kriyos instead of one? You could have been lenient, Shmuel. Mi Amar Shmuel, Hachi, last short line. Amar Shmuel, Halacha, Divraham Mekel Ba'avil. Why would you tell me, Rabbi Ben Becerra, that the brother and sister who passed away, they get one kriya. The mother and father who passed away, they get a separate kriya. That's not right. That's not Divrei HaMekel Be'avil. You're being strict on the, on the family and you're telling the, the Avel he has to tear twice. So says the Gemara, an unbelievable idea. It's so hard to comprehend this. Avelus l'chud, kriya l'chud. Afal that the only reason we're tearing kriya is because of Avelus, but the halachos of Avelus. Avelus and the halachos of Kriya are not one and the same. You can't apply, says the Gemara, implies the Gemara, you can't apply the principle of holech kedibriham mekel be'avel in regards to Hilchos Kriya. Your question's off base. They are separate, uh, separate cuts of halacha, and therefore one is not allowed to extend Shmuel's desire to be lenient to the world of Kriya. A very interesting lumdus idea to speak about as to how can we possibly separate Kriya from Avelus. It's very, that's the only time we, I mean, we have, I guess, other scenarios, but it's very specific to, to when somebody dies. Nevertheless, that's what the Gemara concludes. How much is a person allowed to tear down their garment? Let's say they're starting at the top of their shirt. So then how much can they tear? Until their belly button. Some say up only to their heart. And then if they needed to tear again, they'd have to move to another part of their shirt. And the one should tear to their heart. Anyway, according to the initial sheet of until the belly button, let's say you've torn Kriya multiple times on the same garment and you got down to the belly button, what should you do? So so you're going to move over three etzbos from the initial tear, and then you're going to start another set of tears, as many as is necessary, uh, three tefach apart, three, not tefach, three etzbos apart, let's say that a person tears Korea here, and then three, three etzbos later across the shirt, every, let's call it an inch and a half, whatever it is, every inch and a half, they have a full row of tears. So then what you can do is turn the shirt around and then uh, start tearing in the front. Once you do the front and the back, the whole top of the shirt is uh, is, is all torn up from all of the nebuch. What a terrible scenario. All of the types of kriyas you had to do. So then you can flip the, the tunic that you're wearing so that the torn parts are now uh, by your feet. And the non-torn parts, which was the bottom, is now the top. Flip it up, flip it around. 
And at the same time, the Gemara points out a very important halacha. And um, just to be accurate, let me just make sure I'm right about this. Yes, this is quoted in Shulchan Aruch. If you tear at the side of your clothing, or if you tear uh, below the belly button, seemingly below the belly button, you're not Yotze. Only a Kohen Gadol would be in that scenario where he's not allowed to halachically tear his clothes. That's a Pasuk in Losi uh, Fromo. Uh, he's not allowed to tear his clothes, but when he wants, when he wants to tear it, he's not chayav to, but if he wants to, he can, but it would be at the bottom of his clothes. Pligi bar Rav Masna Omar Ukva betarvai mishmei da'avur d'shmol v'levi. Rav Masna and Mar Ukva had a machlokas in the name of the father of Shmuel and Levi. Chad Amar Kol Shiva Korea, that throughout Shiva, if one has a need to tear again, they can tear again. They can do another Kriya. And Laachar Shiva Mosif. After Shiva, they don't tear a new Kriya. After Shiva, they just, they're Mosif. They add that Kol Shiva to the initial Kara. The Chad Amar, someone says, no, the measure is not seven days. The Chad Amar Kol Shloshim Korea, that when it comes to Shloshim, one uh, can do a, a fresh kriya and laachar shloshim mosif. And if uh, one gets out of their shloshim and then they have yet another chiv to tear kriya, so then that they could just be mosif to an existing kara to an existing tear. Says the Gemara three fourths of the way down. According to the Shita that holds that you're allowed to add another full kara, full tear during Shiva for another need. Why is that true? Because during Shiva, you're not allowed to do that temporary sewing. So therefore, you have to do another kara. There's nothing. What are your other options? So says the Gemara, if that's true, there's a woman where that's not true. A woman, we already learned this in Maseches Moed Katan earlier, that where was, that wasn't that long ago. It feels like it was long ago. Nope, four to four days ago. Wow, okay, that's embarrassing. So says the Gemara, we said that a woman is allowed to do Shlila on the day of, right when she does the tear. So she tears the under shirt, of course, in private. She flips it around. And then she tears the outer garment and she can put a safety pin in. We said it wasn't covered for a woman to walk around that way. So if that's true, if Aisha Shalalto Altar, so then Hachanami, she should be able to be Mosif and not have to tie a, a, a tear a new kara says the gemara you can't learn from there that's not because of a din in kriya that's because of a din in quote isha it's not appropriate even though she's covered it's not appropriate for a woman to walk around with her clothes torn it's not what about these this new style some jeans come pre-torn some shirts come pre-torn it's like a thing I don't know. My mother, when I was growing up, couldn't understand that. Uh, it was uh, Mrs. Karish would not. Uh, I can argue with that. Yeah, no. Yeah, we don't buy the. I think maybe one of my babies had one of those pairs of jeans that kind of was like the pre-torn, pre-worn, pre-torn jeans. Anyways, it's not appropriate for a woman to do that. Uh, so therefore, you can't learn anything from there because it wasn't a din in Kriya. So we would still say she can tear a new Kriya during Shiva. No, she would not be Mosi. And Mandamar Koshloshim Korea, according to the one who says that for all 30 days, we would do a full new Kera, a full new tear and not be Mosif. Am I? What's the reason why? Because the Lonita La'achoso, because during that time, you're not allowed to properly fix it. So it says the Gemara, Maybe we should say that for a parent, the Halacha should be different during Shloshim because that parent, you can never ever fix that Kera, says the Gemara. Nope, that's not right. There, there's a secondary factor. It's not primary to the Halachos of Avelos. It's because of and therefore you cannot bring a raya from there to change the din. A couple more sugas. If a person walks out in a pre-torn clothing, right? So let's say that you, you already wore the shirt and you tore Kriyan it for another halachic reason. 
and you wear that leaf That's terrible. It's a double knock. The mesim, what what do they know? I don't know, but it seems from the Gemara that that you the mason might think you tore Kriya on them. Really, you already tore Kriya. And you're stealing from the Chaim as well, that the people, people who are alive are looking at you and said, wow, look at this person, he tore Kriya. Maybe not. They also may misunderstand your obligation to tear Kriya. Rashbag Omer, Let's say that a person says to his friend, I'd like to borrow your shirt. Um, I'm going to visit, uh, the person says he's going to visit his father and his father is sick. And then when the, when the borrower, when the shoel gets there, so even though it's not my shirt and I borrowed it from you, I can tear it and I have to restitch it. When you get home, you have to give back the chaluk, you have to give back the shirt. And then you have to give it back and the difference in cost. So let's say without the tear, the shirt was $30 and with the tear, the shirt's $25. You have to give back the reduction in cost of what you've done. Why is it that we are allowed to do this? Why am I allowed to tear someone else's shirt? So the Gemara says, because you told the guy where you were going. You were going to visit someone who was sick and dying that was a karov. So he knew there was a chance you'd have to tear it. But had he not informed you of the illness, so then that's not right. Then you're not allowed to do that. So that's why some of the postgames say by Yerushalayim, if a person says, I'm going to Yerushalayim, can I borrow your shirt so that I don't have to tear Kriya? So some postgames say, that doesn't work. You told the guy you're going to tear Kriya. So he knows that when you go to the coastal that you're going to tear Korea. So you borrowed a shirt. So what? That's too bad. You still have to tear Korea and give it back to him stitched up and pay the difference in price. That's what the Gemara says. If he, he knows where you're going and that place where you're going as a Chiyu, Korea, you got to tear Korea. It's not a heter. So that's why some postkim don't like this whole flipperoo. I'm going to wear your shirt. You're going to wear mine. We're going to go to the coastal. We'll get back our shirts afterwards. No, <laughs> no. Tear Korea. And if you borrowed someone's shirt, bidas, that they knew when you borrowed it, that the mash il knew that you're borrowing to go to the kosa, l'chor, you still have to tear Kriya. Tana Rabbanan, if there's a person who's ill, and that person lost a loved one, we don't tell them right away that their loved one has passed away. Because they might uh, go a little crazy. They're already sick as it is. It might make them worse. We don't tear in front of him. We make sure that the women who may not necessarily have known this halacha as clearly as the men did back in the day. So then we'd make sure that they don't talk about it. When it comes to children, we saw this earlier. That a child does have, we do tear kriya if a child becomes an avel. We do tear kriya, but not because the child has a din of avel. Don't have a din of Avelus. It's only to make the room more emotional. One should tear Korea if, a, if his in laws pass away for the honor of his wife. We learn in Evo Rabasi. In the, in the Medrash, you should not let a person who is an Avelis hold a baby. Because that will lead them to bring uh, extensive happiness. That's not right. That's not right. Too much simcha. This is very, very difficult. Um, very difficult when you're in a, in a Shiva house and somebody has a cute little baby. It's like a respite for five minutes. It's not allowed. Shulchan Aruch quotes this as well. We're going to stop right here. Hashem should bless us from all of these dangers. Our family should be safe and healthy and well. At We'll stop right here. Mirza Hashem will pick up uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow night. We'll learn Daf Chav Zayin. And then Wednesday, I'll also be here actually. And I think we're just going to finish the parak um, on that night. But finish the parak and the Masechta on that night. And we're going to ask about when the seam can be. We might push it off to match uh, 
match David's father's yard site. We'll, we'll get back to that soon. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Call to.